This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast. My name is Mac McCarthy, and I call my version of this podcast IMO, in Mac's opinion. And while I do have a lot of opinion about college sports today, you won't hear much of that because I have a guest with way more opinions and way more interesting opinions than mine. I've been very fortunate to have known, coached, and become good friends with this guest, and I could go on and on and on in making his introduction to y'all, but I'll hit just a few highlights since everybody in America already knows this guy. An NFL Hall of Famer, one of the best wide receivers in the history of football, outspoken, unequaled competitor, successful businessman, great ambassador for the game and for the NFL, and could still play today if given the chance. Terrell Owens, welcome to In Max Opinion Podcast, and thanks for making time to chat today. Oh, man, appreciate it, appreciate it. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that probably is not nearly the best introduction you've ever had, but uh, but, it, but it covered some highlights, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that was good. Let's go back in time. We're going to touch on a lot of different things, but let's go back in time to how you and I first became acquainted. And I guess it started with Coach Buddy Nix, a Chattanooga football coach, coming down to Alabama to recruit you, right? Uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, Buddy Nix uh, particularly, but it was uh, one of the coaches on the staff uh, that coached the linebackers. I think his name was Coach Bobby John. Oh, yeah, Bobby Johns, yeah. Yep, yep. Bobby played at Alabama, but uh, but um, on my end of it, see, I'm hearing from Buddy Nix that he's recruiting you. And who was your buddy, Derek Hall? Right, Derek Hall. And, yep. and he said, listen, Mac, both these guys are really good football players, maybe great football players, but they also want to play basketball. Is that okay with you? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's quite how I remember it. Uh, that's why I'm asking you. Because, see, I'm only getting one side of this story. Well, Buddy Nick, uh, my freshman year, uh, he wouldn't allow guys that were on scholarship that they recruited to play any other sport. Right. It wasn't until my sophomore year when I got the opportunity because – if you recall, Buddy Nix got fired after our freshman year. Right. And then, was it Tommy Tommy West? Tommy West, yep. Yep, Tommy West came in. And uh, after, yeah, that, that sophomore, after our sophomore season, I, I went, up to, uh, went up to his office and I asked him if I could try out for the basketball team. And uh, he made a little joke about it. He was like, well, he was like, you know those guys, because you guys were already uh, pretty much in full go at this point in time. You guys right. were getting ready for it. Uh, like, usually like the Dr. Pepper Classic or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, you, and uh, where his office was, obviously we could hear you guys, you know, running, all that stuff. And uh, he said, you know, these, those guys down there, they're on scholarship. You know, those guys are recruited to play basketball. And I was like, uh, yes, sir. And then he was like, uh, can you play? And I was like, well, I played in high school. He's like, well, <laughs> they're a little bit better than, than high school. These guys are recruited to play uh, at the next level. So uh, he basically just gave me an opportunity. He said, you know what? This is what I'll do for you. He said, if you can go out and, and, and uh, try out, because at this point I think it was uh, kids uh, – Within the, the school, they could try out as well, other kids on campus. And he said, if you can go out and try out and make our basketball team, he said, you know what, that'll tell me what type of athlete you are. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so I remember Derek Hall, he uh, he tried out as well and some other guys. And uh, I, I ended up, I wasn't for sure I was going to make it, but I ended up making it. And uh, I was ecstatic. I made it, and Derek Hall didn't. And Derek Hall, obviously, he was a better basketball player uh, than I was coming out of high school. Um, so I honestly figured that he was going to make it and I, and I wasn't, um, but you know, as history knows, uh, tells it that, uh, I end up making it and, uh, I end up playing, you know, three years, uh, under you. And, uh, honestly, when people ask me about my, my time at Chattanooga, um, I don't know what they expect me to say, um, uh, considering a lot of people, they know me from my, obviously my professional career. Um, being drafted by the Niners uh, in 96, but I always let people know that like my best time in school was playing basketball. 
Well, you contributed a lot. And and let me tell you the other side of that story. Buddy Nix, when when Bobby Johns or whoever came back from recruiting, said, these guys want to play basketball, too. He said, I need to be able to tell them that they'll be able to play basketball also. I said, are you going to let them play basketball? He said, no. <laughs> I said, hey. And it, so we got to the end of the first year, and it came up. And he said, listen, I'm going to tell T.O. That, that I need him for this spring and that he can play going forward if he wants but he said this spring because he's new and a freshman I need him out there he needs this spring practice and I said that's fine and then Tommy West had a similar conversation but of course he had a different opinion that uh, you know that it was going to be okay with him so we kind of anticipated the whole time that you were going to be coming out there and and a couple things played into it we had several good football players and I don't know if you remember this at, at that point in time but we even had a JV team and I think Derek might have even played on the JV team a little bit, but we had a couple big tight ends, Romy Reed and um, another guy that was a darn good basketball player too, but they only played on the JV team, but we kept you on the varsity, partly because Buddy Nix had asked me you know, uh, originally about you playing. And, um, and I, you know, I'll tell the fans, and you've heard, me, you've heard me speak of this before, but you made us a better basketball team. You competed so hard, not only in practice, but also in the weight room that that you kind of shamed our guys into into really working even harder than they did and we had a we you know we had a pretty good bunch pretty good uh, basketball team pretty good basketball program and we had a lot of good players but but they stepped their game up because of the competition that you you brought to the table well I mean yeah I, I, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know all of that but uh but yeah I mean uh, this is this is uh, this is good uh, storytelling by you and good listening because uh, again some of this I didn't know. Uh, I think the other other tight end was Demarco Kemp. I think you may be trying to might have been uh, might have been. I can't even remember at this point. So many years have gone by. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, all I do remember is uh, you know trying out. All I know is I was tired uh, uh, going going from the the, the football field. You know, straight to the hardwood and not really being in the condition uh, as the guys yeah. uh, on the basketball court. I mean, I do remember, like I said, just running, going back and forth, doing the suicide, just being in football, going from literally from football activities straight into like, you know, the cutting, you know, change of direction. All I remember, my, 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 my chest was burning, <laughs> I was tired, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, so, and then, you know, you're, you're infamous, you know, as the, as I got to play a little bit more, and actually I got acclimated to the tank, uh, to the team. Get on the line! <laughs> I, did not, I did not like. I did not like that. Yeah, <laughs> we. Uh, a lot of the guys. Yeah, we had a. We, we were pretty intense about uh, you know about how hard we were going to work and that kind of thing, and it, it didn't take you long to fit in. The um, you know, and then the next couple of years, actually, you know, when you finished your season. It was like before Thanksgiving, and you know I would try to tell you, you know, if you need to go home, be with your family, come on back. You know the routine now. You can, you, you know, because we we knew we weren't going to get much out of you till January and February anyway, because you had to learn the plays and learn the calls, and and also like you said, get in basketball shape. People don't understand how different that is, but uh, but you insisted on staying, and um, it it all worked out really well. And you you play, you won a couple championship rings while you were there. I did, I did. Uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't really much for me to go back home for, and 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 obviously, you know, over the years, uh, you know, the football program obviously got better. Um, I never played in any type of bowl games. We never <laughs> reached any uh, any any playoffs uh, with uh, you know during my tenure there uh, playing football. So I literally went literally from. Like honestly, it was like literally going from just really putting, turning in my football equipment and going straight to, straight to, straight to basketball practice, getting to get my gear. So uh, I was honestly, I was, I was equally and uh, eagerly excited uh, just to get back on, get back to doing something uh, that what I, what I really loved and I was really passionate about basketball. And I think a lot of people don't really know that about me. And and honestly, I think I've kind of over the years, I think a lot of people. Uh, now know that basketball honestly it helped me, you know, uh, become a better football player. 
Yeah, well, you you helped us become a better basketball program too. And tell you 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 briefly mentioned it. Coach Nix was gone. Tommy West came in. Buddy Green comes in. You did yeah. did you play for four different offensive coordinators in four years? Uh, I think yeah, I think it. I think so. I think it may have been yeah, because I know I played with three different head coaches, and so I think it it may have been like four four different offensive coordinators too. Talk about that experience. You're at you're at an um, an FCS level school, uh, but but that didn't that didn't keep you from having these dreams and aspirations and and eventually reaching all those things that that you dreamed of, right? Well, I, I I I'll never say I can't say that I had the aspirations to play at the next level. Uh, speaking of the National Football League, uh, the NFL, um, honestly, I just never thought I had the ability to play at the next level. Uh, the guy that you mentioned, Derek Hall, they, Bobby Jones, old guys, UTC was heavily and highly recruiting him, and so as you know, obviously now recruiting is a bit different. They don't have to travel as much. Uh, just with the technology, uh, these guys can access. Uh, you know uh, the skill level and evaluate talent now versus you know driving you know a lot of these coaches that are on the staff they have different regions that they cover so uh, they don't have to travel and do all those things as much uh, but they came down to uh, Alexander City which is where I'm from I played at Benjamin Russell High School and they were highly recruiting Derek and um, the story that I got is Bobby Jones he came down there to obviously uh watch him and uh look at film and things of that nature that nature and uh they saw me make a few plays you know while they were watching Derek and I honestly I got there sort of like a kind of like a package deal and so uh again I never thought I would obviously you know go on to play at the next level but I didn't really play my freshman year obviously uh when I did get to play um late in the season uh the first game that I got in I ended up breaking my collarbone, and then uh, so I didn't really play, uh, finished the, the season. Um, I was injured, and then, like I said, my sophomore year, come, you know, new year, and then, uh, yeah, that's when I tried out, and so uh, I made it. But, you know, again, you may say I may have helped you guys uh, become a better basketball pro, uh, program, but I think in, in return, you know, that helped me become a, a better, better football player. Well, that's awesome. One of the, one of the really neat things I've gotten to do so many great things because of being involved in basketball and um, college athletics all these years. But one of the one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do was speak at your Hall of Fame ceremony, and I I continue to thank you for that, and uh, it continues to be a highlight of my career. Oh yeah, I mean that that was fun, and uh, just uh, the stories that I think a lot of people got to hear. Uh, was 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 awesome. Um, just the friendships and and the memories that I was, that I'm able to recall. Uh, you know, just uh, just being being around, uh, just a, a great nucleus of guys. Uh, you know, obviously Brandon Bourne and Gary Robb and uh, you know all those guys, Roger and uh, you know Mario Hansen and just the story, even just the, the coaches. You know, Gerald White and. Uh, Coach Goddard and Gibson and Dickerson. I remember, like I said, I vividly remember uh, a lot of those uh, those moments and just those practices. Uh, whether we were playing, you know, practicing in the roundhouse, what they would call it, or we practiced at McClellan, uh, you know, doing the three man weave. You know, <laughs> we, had to make a number, we had to make a number of uh, layups. If we couldn't, you know, think was it like you couldn't dribble the ball maybe more than once or something. It was some drill, man. But it was uh, those are those are some good times and just the road trips. And I remember that was my first time uh, when I played basketball. That was my first time ever flying. And I would, yeah. the guys were they were joking, teasing me because I, <laughs> I, I had never flown before. All that good stuff. That was the first time I had gotten per diem. I think it was like maybe a hundred bucks or something like that. I was like, "What? This is ours!" So I got, uh, I got nicknames. Like I had a couple of nicknames. Meal money. Meal money. Uh, <laughs> I got called Skillet from a bunch of the guys. Honestly, like I said, that was the time of my life. To be, uh, to be quite honest, is uh, and like I said, obviously, you know, I had a good time, you know, playing football and stuff like that, but. You know, not as great as the time that I that I did. Uh, you know, playing playing basketball. 
Yeah, well, just and just to put a bow on the Chattanooga thing, because you, you had had so much for career after that, and I want to get into some of that. But uh, I, I will say this, even if Buddy Nix didn't say it to you, when he came and talked to me about you, he said, listen, I said, is he any good? He said, if we can keep him here and pointed in the right direction for four years, he'll play on Sundays. Oh, uh, again, like I said, that was uh, that's 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 news to me. <laughs> <laughs> what I've learned over the years is uh, once I made it to the professional to to my professional career, but that Buddy Nick's tried to take credit for a lot of stuff <laughs> I've heard. Uh, but I like I said, you know, those these stories that I've heard, they're news to me. That's funny. That's funny. Well, let's talk about another relationship you have. We on on the radio show that I do here on Pirate Radio in Greenville, North Carolina. We we talk college sports. I you know I don't mess with the the pro stuff very much, other than uh, folks I'm connected to or or certain subjects that are that are popular right away. But uh, but mostly we talk college sports and. Uh, um, the biggest story in college football this year has been Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Talk about your relationship with him and and your involvement in that program because I know you've been in Boulder a bunch. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I think you know playing with the 49ers, Uh, you know, I, I was drafted in '96, and uh, obviously Deion is, I think, two-time, uh, you know, uh, yeah, world champion. I think we got a Super Bowl with with uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys. And uh, my first encounter with Dion was on the football field. And I think I may have been like a second-year guy. Uh, I got drafted, like I said, 96. And so, obviously, you know, playing with the Niners, uh, obviously at that time, still uh, five Super Bowl championships. And uh, obviously there was a historic rivalry, uh, Dallas Cowboys and 49ers. And uh, me, like I said, I was, you know, just getting my feet wet, starting to, you know, kind of, learn and find my way as a receiver because uh, obviously leaving Chattanooga I was raw green uh, wasn't fortunate enough to play against some of the power five talent especially uh, you know defensive from on the, from, from a defensive uh, standpoint um, so I had a lot to learn and so I was I was learning my way uh, behind the which I which is you know I my call the greatest receiver of all time I don't think that's uh you know that's uh any debate uh, at that at that position uh, and Jerry Rice, and so I, you know, kind of just learning my way. And uh, we were getting ready to play the Dallas Cowboys, and my my, my receiver coach at the time, Larry Kirksey, um, uh, he had obviously coached uh, Dion when he was with the Niners, uh, I think a couple years prior. And uh, he just basically just said, "Look, you know, as I got to, you know, obviously find my way and learn my way with the offense." He said, "Look, you get in." He said, "Look, be physical with 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 Dion. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like physicality, and so uh, so that was kind of like one of the things that I I kind of just took with me, even from high school, is being a good blocker. Um, in high school, my coach Powell, my 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 receiver coach, Coach Powell, he's like, look, you know, I know as a receiver, a lot of you guys want to catch catch the football, things of that nature, but he's like, here, we're gonna block first." And then catch the ball. We gonna catch second. So, uh, you know that was one of my physical attributes, which would obviously kind of you know would help me and bode well for me throughout the course of my career at the collegiate level, and then obviously at the pro- pro- professional level. So Dion and I, we got into it. We were playing. Uh, we were playing uh, the the Cowboys. We were at home. Uh, I remember we were you know going into uh, the scoring territory. Uh, we were in the red zone, and um, I'm lined up and. There was a running play, and Dion was was uh, over me, and we kind of got into it. A uh, little scuffle. Uh, there was running play, and I peeled back, and and I pushed Dion, knocked him on his butt. And I've seen this, <laughs> this clip. Uh, I, I, I've seen this clip uh, as of late because uh, somebody has uh, it was circulating on social media. And uh, yeah, I kind of sneaked him a little bit, got up on his pads, and knocked him, you know, knocked him on his butt, and so he couldn't do anything but laugh and clap his hands. And so, uh, Dion has told that story to a lot of people. <laughs> um, he was working when he was working for NFL Network. Um, he would he told this story. He basically said that he knew that uh, I was probably going to be something special because we got into it right before halftime. Uh, he and I didn't back down from him, and so for somebody so young, I think it may have been my rookie year, second year. He was like, "Look, 
uh, I knew you were going to be something special. And you had something to you. He, he, he said. He said. He basically said you had a little dog to you because uh, <laughs> you, uh, he said you did. I didn't back down from. You. So that was kind of like where obviously uh, our our first encounter and kind of where it all began. But I never thought um, at that time, like thinking that would be my second year, that probably you know, probably sixteen, eighteen years later, nineteen years later, that uh, I would be sharing the Hall of Fame. Uh, with one of the obviously probably one arguably one of the greatest athletes uh, that walked this planet uh, between probably between him and Bo Jackson and so obviously obviously to share you know uh, that fraternity uh, with him and obviously witness what he's doing now um, you know I, I couldn't I don't, I'm kind of running out of words to, uh, to, to to say what that friendship means and so he basically like said you know he called me out to uh, help with some of the receivers uh, you know, right before the season started, uh, to help with some of those guys, and you know, I told him like, you know, I'm, I'm a phone call away. And even prior to that, you know, he was at Jackson State where he was where he was coaching for for three uh, for about three years at HBCU school. So I went down there prior um, to the season starting those three years there, and uh, again, uh, again, a bond, a friendship was was formed. You know, over the years, and uh, yeah, so that's you know, I'm I'm in support of somebody that obviously wants to do some great things, and I think he's yeah, he's making some headway, uh, some headway. Um, obviously, African American, uh, you know, player turned coach uh, that's doing some great things, and uh, he's doing things yeah. a little bit unconventional, um, and obviously, you know, really just breaking down some barriers and uh, creating some other opportunities for other black coaches uh, that may have you know, some aspirations to do the same things that he's doing. Well, it's been an incredible story to follow, uh, you know, and they and he hit everybody right in the face, you know, with the very first game down at TCU, had no chance, and certainly that was a fluke and no way they can beat Nebraska and uh, and on and on. And, you know, uh, if, if they make a bowl game, which uh, they've got a good chance, uh, that would be that would be one of the, the best coaching jobs that's been done in a long, long time because he inherited a program that was absolutely rock bottom, and it's neat to see that you all have uh, – Develop that friendship and um, and the you know the the results of that. Uh, are, I'm sure you're proud of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about what he's doing, and so uh, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm just an extension uh, of his calling. You know, everybody knows Dion is a, a very spiritual, God fearing man, and and so you know, for me to to be brought in for him to call me, uh, you know, honestly, that's that that that's. Uh, that's remarkable. That's admirable in itself. I mean, to have you know uh, one of the greatest athletes uh, to ever play the game um, call you, reach out to you, um, that speaks volumes. And so you know, uh, for me, it's, it's it's really witnessing what he's doing with those kids, and not only just teaching them you know how to fo- be a football player, but he's honestly he's he's adding value to their, their to their lives because he wants these young men not only to be great. Uh, football players, but he wants these guys, these guys to be great men in society. And you know, once they leave, uh, once they leave football, because all these football guys that are that are playing under him, they're not going to be able to play uh, at the professional ranks. Not all of them, uh, but he, he's he's trying to pair, prepare these these uh, these young guys and turn them into men and and, and prepare them uh, for for after football. So uh, just like me, uh, just like Dion. Uh, we didn't get here. We didn't reach the level of success by ourselves, and so we're we're doing what we're called to do. Um, you know, post football, beyond football, and uh, that's to obviously extend what we've gone through, uh, what we've learned, you know, on and off the field. Uh, not only just to, like I said to become uh, you know football players, but to be become better men. Some good lessons right there. Uh, all our listeners are, are, you know, are football fans. A lot of them NFL football fans. Um, I, and we don't need to rehash your whole career, but t- talk about the four or five things that, that stick out in your memory as to your progress from being a rookie with Jerry Rice at San Francisco to, to Philadelphia to Dallas to, you know, a- anything that pops into your mind. Talk about the things that, that really stick out to you as you look back at your NFL career. Um, just how raw and green I was coming out of uh, like I said, coming out of Chattanooga. Um, again, like I said, we 
you know, I think the most our stadium hold was probably about 10,000 at that time. We were at Chamberlain Field. Um, so, again, I, again, I never got the chance to play in front of, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 fans uh, unless we played, you know, uh, you know, a, a big SEC school or a big Power 5 school, you know, once every year. Um, and obviously I played it playing at Chattanooga. I think we played Auburn one year. We played Alabama one year. Um, that was the most, you know, I had ever played in front of. But again, you know, uh, for me, it was just me just trying to learn, you know, how to be become a better receiver. Like I said, I was coming out of, you know, like I said, I was raw. I was green. Um, I didn't know, you know, what I could become. I just consistently and constantly tried to better myself uh, every off season, and as I told you, I think when you play a, a number of sports, all sports, when you think about uh, what it takes to play a sport, it's all hand-eye coordination. You know, uh, number of sports from baseball to tennis, to obviously basketball. Uh, you know, golf. You know, it's not a whole lot of sports that are played where hand-eye doesn't come into play. And honestly, I think obviously the change of direction, things of the nature, that helped me. Uh, on the basketball court, that helped me become a better football player. Um, but I just just consistently kept working, um, you know, to, to 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 be a better, become a better football player. And you know, when I reflect back on when I first got nominated to the Hall of Fame, which is 2016, I didn't get in until a couple of years later. Um, I always think about where it all began and how it began, and so and how did I get there? Because I looked at unbeknownst to me, I never thought I would you know, obviously be spoken in the breath of some of the greatest, you know, to have played the game. And so when I reflected back, you know, in, in was it, uh, 2016, like how did I get here, you know, playing, coming from a small town in Alexander City, Alabama, uh, going to a small school, UT Chattanooga, playing, you know, a couple of sports. Um, how did I get here? And I always think about and talk about my three Ds uh, which I which I call my three pillars of success, which are desire, dedication, and discipline. And so when I look back, you know, in high school and college, you know, I always I had a desire to be a do something. That's what you know. My desire is what made me want to play. You know, try out, walk on, and play play basketball. Um, and then I think about playing at the next level, at the pro level. You know, obviously, I got an opportunity to play at the next level. I got drafted. But to become a better receiver, I had the desire to do to do that. But what got me to the level that I did, and you know, obviously, be known as a Hall of Famer today, is I had to dedicate myself. Uh, that's doing the things that that were required of me, and then I had to discipline myself. And those are things that are not required of you. You just do those things because you feel like you want to, and and sometimes you do things that other players are not willing to sacrifice and do, and that's discipline. And when you think about every sport um, that is played, when you think about the greatest who ever played those prospective sports, it's only a handful of those guys. Granted, there's a number of athletes there's, that play uh, that sport, but why aren't there only but a handful of guys that are considered the greatest? And discipline is always that word that really separates you know, the great from the good. And that was something I think that I adopted along the way. Uh, you mentioned it in the opening that I was super uber uh, competitive. Um, I didn't like to lose. And I think we think about some of the greatest, you know, to be named in their sports. Uh, they had a strong probably dissatisfaction uh, of, 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 of being a loser. Um, and I, for me, you know, I had a strong dissatisfaction of being mediocre because I wasn't always uh, one of those top athletes. I wasn't a I wasn't a four or five star athlete coming out of high school, and I definitely wasn't that coming out of college. Um, but the things that I did in between and the things that people didn't see afforded me the opportunity uh, to be to get the opportunity to play at the next level, speaking of the professional ranks. And then for me. Um, again, my discipline is what really kind of just separated myself, um, you know, from a lot of the other uh, other guys that got drafted during my draft year in '96. And so, like I said, I started progressively started to kind of walk away and separate myself after my third year in the league. After I kind of got my feet wet, 
saw what it was like to be a professional, uh, saw the professionals that were, uh, I was surrounding myself in the locker room. I saw them, uh, you know, go about their business every day and what it takes to be professional, what it takes to be good, what it takes to be great. You know, being in the locker room, not only with Jerry Rice, but uh, a Steve Young, a Brent Jones, uh, you know, a Harris Barton, a Merton Hanks, a Tim McDonald. Uh, these are guys that uh, I was in a locker room with uh, that were pretty, pretty darn good players at that time. The three stops that everybody really remembers are San Francisco, Philadelphia, and and Dallas. Talk talk about each one of those stops. Just you, you don't have to elaborate uh, that much, but but kind of what what uh, your takeaways from from each of the being with each of those organizations was. Well, for me, it was like, um, and I think uh, Dion may have may have said this. Um, you know, I think a lot of people may may be critical just because you play on a number of teams. Uh, uh, throughout the course of your career but I mean some of the greatest have played on a number of teams but I think for me uh, regardless uh, of the uniform uh, that I played nothing changed about my ability only only the address and uh, and the course <laughs> of the team changed so for me I just honestly I just you know no matter what the situation was no matter what the team uh, my abilities my talent didn't change I only went in there to enhance and bring something you know, to the table uh, of each of those teams, and and I was able to do that. You know, going from San Francisco to Philly uh, through a trade situation, um, obviously, you know, helping you know Philadelphia get over the hump mm-hmm. um, and, and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, they had gone to four NFC championships prior to me getting there. Um, you know, the city of brotherly love, they embraced me like their own. And then I go to uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, which are considered. Uh, you know, America's team, uh, again, in added value there. So uh, every stop that I made, uh, you know, I was able to make an impact. And so anybody, any of these kids, anybody listening to your show, and I tell my kids now that are playing, um, no matter what the situation going into games, I always hit them with a text message, you know, telling them, you know, obviously go be great uh, today, but also make an impact. Whatever that may be, make an impact while you're on the football field, uh, one way or the other. You can always make an impact doing something. Um, and so that's what I was able to do with, with my ability was make an impact every stop that I made. You certainly did, and uh, let's uh, let's change gears. I've got four or five more things I want to throw out at you, but talk about your businesses. You've got some things going on business wise, social media wise, uh, uh, gosh, uh, reality TV wise. Talk talk a little bit about what's going on with you right now, especially from the business perspective. Um, well, I think number one, I think I was, I've been able to, I think I can call myself or consider myself uh, a celebrity, you know, from the, from a social uh, standpoint. But uh, yeah, I mean, just being able to use my social, my celeb status to to open doors. Um, really didn't think, you know, anything about that. You know, once I left college and and what that meant, and and obviously, you know, post football career, but. Uh, that's what I've been able to do. And I think now we have a number of social media platforms, an influx of those social media platforms at that. Um, and I've been kind of just utilizing them, you know, for the success of businesses um, and trying to do it in an organic way. So, you know, from fashion, nutrition, fitness, you know, technology, uh, all those things. And like I said, you know, bringing my creativity, my visibility, those, uh, those things that are relative uh, and in my wheelhouse, um, those things uh, of which in which I'm connected with, uh, those are some of the things that I've tried to involve myself with. And I think you know my most passionate thing that I'm doing now is is uh, you know I've created a clothing line called Prototype 81. And so Prototype 81 is 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 a an athleisure line, a brand. Uh, which which consists of it's a unisex which is men and women uh, it consists of like hoodies joggers crop tops leggings you know some active wear some performance wear and I've always wanted to you know been one of those kids that dressed nice wanted to look nice uh, a lot of people don't know my mom she was a seamstress growing up in high school where even from elementary to high school you know we didn't have a lot of money so you know, as I told you in that story, I was fascinated. I was enamored by the meal money that we were getting. <laughs> when we so, uh, my mom, she, 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 
she she as a seamstress, you know, she she basically did those odd jobs on the side just to make extra money, just to kind of put you know food and clothes uh, on our back, um, and so that fashion element of me and me that's that I think that's kind of in my DNA mm-hmm. so those things that uh that I'm doing now obviously like I said you know I'm you know she's been living vicariously through me and then I have a wine line uh which is uh under the Tommy Lasorda uh the Lasorda family wines label uh Tommy Lasorda obviously uh two-time world series uh major league ba- uh baseball uh you know champion of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers so I have a wine under his line uh, called 81. So if you're a wine drinker, I know a lot of people uh, drink a lot of wine uh, these days. It's a Cabernet. If you like wine, go to 81vino.com. And then, like I said, there's other things, too, that I'm involved in as well. I have a friend. I like home decor, which a lot of people probably didn't know. Um, Over the years, I love home decor. I love fashion. All those things kind of go hand in hand. So I have a candle line with a, with a friend of mine, uh, Carolyn Taylor, who obviously had an existing uh, candle uh, the candle line, and so we created ours. And so it's under Loft Home Loft Eighty One Home. Uh, so go find that Loft Eighty One Home dot com. Um, and yeah, man. So I, I'm I'm into a lot of things and using, like I said, you know, my my status, uh, my success on the football field to organically try to create some success you know, with my businesses as well. Well, that, that's amazing stuff. Now, uh, let's go on the personal route. You've, you've got some youngsters, you've got some children uh, involved in college sports already, too. Right, yep. Yeah. Uh, I have two kids in college. My oldest son, he's a senior this year at Missouri State. Uh, he's uh, following somewhat of my footsteps. Uh, he has a long way to go. He's playing receiver there. Uh, the last few weeks, uh, their, their season's so-so. Uh, he's had a couple of good games uh, so far. Uh, Tariq Owens, uh, T-E-R-I-Q-U-E. He's there at M- Missouri State playing uh, football there. Um, and, and my daughter, uh, Kylie uh, Owens, she is uh, at Prairie View playing. Uh, she's a sophomore playing volleyball uh, at Prairie View. Uh, right outside of Houston, the, pra- the HBCU school, Prairie View uh, Panthers. And so, uh, yeah, so I got three girls, two boys, and uh, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's interesting becoming a coming a parent. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh, and 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 now trying to you know help them navigate you know their sports career, what have you. Growing up, you know, I think uh, having having kids and you know you being on a on uh, on a level and them them actually starting to know who their dad is and what he's accomplished and not really me not really trying to put a lot of pressure on them uh, I never you know I've always supported whatever they wanted to do never really you know pushed anything on them I just allowed them to be uh, and really gravitate to a sport that they liked and but you know my son obviously started football late he got into it like his 11th grade year in, in high school and then obviously he got a little better he went the juco route it wasn't the conventional route as, as everybody else uh went to the juco for for a year or two and then transferred and went to fau and then lane left fau and went to old miss so uh they got another coach in he didn't really give him a lot of a lot of time, so he transferred, and so now he spent his last two years at uh, at, at Missouri State, and so it's been it's been fascinating watching watching him want to lo- learn and watching him grow with the sport, uh, as well as watching my my daughter who's who's doing phenomenal. Uh, by the way, yeah, this is a sophomore season uh, at Prairie View. Last year, she made SWAC Freshman Player of the Year. Uh, this year, she's on track to probably do do something even uh, better and even greater this year. So uh, I'm very proud of her. Uh, not only did she get fresh, uh, SWAC uh, Freshman Player of the Year, uh, from a team, uh, team standpoint, she got Offensive and MVP uh, Player of the Year. Uh, for the team so she's doing extremely well yeah I followed her a little bit after I got some phone calls from volleyball coach friends who's wanted to know why I didn't call them about your daughter (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah she wanted to go to uh, an HBCU school which is all black school and uh, so even with her you know she obviously I think her her talent supersedes where she is I mean she obviously could have you know gone to some bigger schools some bigger colleges but uh, she kind of just 
she trended kind of like how I was uh, late in my career. She was a late bloomer. Um, got her some training. She obviously got better um, and started, you know, the training obviously enhanced her, her abilities uh, to obviously, you know, you know, be, you know, get bigger, faster and stronger. And so, uh, and so, yeah, it's been, you know, paying dividends for we, you talked about your schedule and all you've got going on with your businesses and your children and, and everything. Uh, you seem like you're everywhere all the time. You're on the sideline at this game. You're at this celebrity event. You're on this television show. Uh, who in the world keeps up with your schedule? Uh, well, I do myself now. Uh, early on in my career when I was when I was playing where obviously I was really in, in high demand. I had an assistant and now, they kept in touch with my, you know, kept my calendar and things of that nature. Uh, now, not as much. Uh, but, you know, there's always the saying, you know, to whom, whom much is uh, given, uh, much is required. And so, uh, obviously, obviously, me becoming uh, who I became, you know, uh, you know, because of football, the Hall of Famer. Um, and then, obviously, me, you know, having a little bit of a personality uh, <laughs> you know uh people you know like I said you know people want to be associated with you and uh you know like i said they, they call you and they want you to do certain things so so now i kind of keep up with that stuff on my own it's 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 not easy uh like i said i have to like I said now like i said you know make my own flight make my own flights things of that nature kind of it can all jumble up and, and get bogged, uh, uh, get a little bit overwhelming at times, but I, I, I managed to do it. So, uh, like I said, to whom much is given, much is required. And so sometimes, like I said, uh, there are things that, you know, uh, I don't really necessarily want to do sometimes, but I like to do it. Uh, but I feel there's a need to do some of the things, and I, I, I enjoy that. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time, and I see the things that you do and the way you give back to uh, to folks and remember where you came from and, you know, to go to homecoming at Chattanooga and spend basically a week there doing those things. Those those things are, are not unnoticed and certainly things you don't have to do, but uh, I, I know so many people really appreciate the fact that you do do those things. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I, I love to I love to do it. Um, when I played, um, uh, I played 15 years uh, in the NFL, and I wasn't able to get back to campus as much because I was always playing around the time that we had, uh, you know, school. You know, Chattanooga had their homecoming, and then it wasn't until like probably I think it's like my sixth or seventh year now uh, going back to uh, Chattanooga, and so I honestly. I, I got, you know, I was emotional. Uh, I was overwhelmed at the reception that I got, you know, coming back to Chattanooga. I think at that point, I think it had been like 19 years since I've been back to to actual campus and been to a homecoming game. So uh, just to see the reception and uh, of me uh, back there on campus. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I've been to, like I said, people see me on the sidelines of Alabama. Uh, obviously, that's where I'm from. Growing up, you know, I was an Alabama fan. So if I could have gone, any, gone anywhere or done anything that I could have done out of my life, that would have gone, I would have gone and played for Alabama. But... My, my abilities didn't just allow me to do that. Uh, but now going back to Chattanooga, I want to get our school to have some of that same pride that I see these other Power 5 schools uh, schools have. Um, and so, like I said, I've been there the last two years, been there the entire week, you know, being on campus, talking to the, uh, the student body, talking to uh, some of the organizations uh, there on campus on trying to increase uh, the attendance there, uh, you know, uh, at, the, at the football games, not just homecoming, uh, but I was like I said, you know, to, to create a winning environment, you need, you know, you need that, that, that involvement, not only from the student body, but you need it from the city as well. And at Mac, as you know, Coach, there are a number, a plethora of high schools in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. So, and just the amount of people there in Chattanooga, I know UT Knoxville is up the road, Vanderbilt is up the road, but there is enough people in Chattanooga to fill that stadium probably two or three times and sometimes it's disappointing to be there for homecoming yeah. uh, 
uh, and not see, you know, that that stadium, that 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 venue, uh, just jam packed like I've been at some of these other schools. And so that's the environment that I'm trying to use, utilize my my celeb status, uh, what I've done with my career to to be able to create, you know, there at UT Chattanooga. But uh, I have I, I I have mock pride, and that's what I tell students. Like, yo, you got to have some pride about your school. That's why you go here. And so, uh, you know, for me, man, I just, uh, like I said, I just want to do whatever I can. Um, no matter, like I said, no matter, like, like, like I played when I, when I played in the, uh, in the National Football League, no matter what the uniform uh, I played in, I gave it 100%. And just like the school that I went to, uh, I have the pride, you know, that I want to give back to my school 100, 110%. Um, so that's what I've done. Well, you were such a big part of, of what we did, and, and we had that in basketball. We, you know, we we had those kind of things in basketball with a full house and uh, had that reputation and that, uh, you know, the, the notoriety for the program and something that football hadn't been able to capture yet. But, um, you know, hopefully your old teammate, Rusty Wright, will keep winning and uh, beat Furman here in a couple of weeks and get in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And, uh, and maybe they can reach some of those goals that, that you have in mind for them. But, uh, Buddy, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you getting up early. Although you're probably working out anyway, but uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, for your friendship. Uh, not not just coming on the podcast here, but but also uh, you know staying in touch through all the years. And um, I, I really appreciate you. Oh no, I appreciate you, man. I, again, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't like I said. I, honestly, I, everything that I did in college. Um, I wouldn't have been able, I think it kind of set the foundation for what I obviously did uh, at my professional career. Um, and then, like I said, I utilized some of the things and I recall a lot of things that I did, just being on campus during uh, during the summertime, just working hard. And, you know, a lot, I, I'm a very creative person. Uh, I know I talked a little bit about my clothing line, but, you know, even 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 my clothing line, like I said, it, it came about just with, some of my physical attributes of what I added to obviously to, 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 to basketball and obviously on the football field. And so when you think about the word prototype, uh, the definition is the basis on which something is made or formed. And so we're all prototypes in our own right. And, and, and for me, you know, you think about prototype and then I tagged on obviously my number prototype 81. Um, that's how I came up with the, the, the clothing line name. And then I'm like, man, I became, like I said, you know, a lot of people helped me become who I became along the way. And obviously you included, your staff, uh, those guys that pushed me on the basketball court, uh, my coaches that pushed me in football. Uh, but obviously you were very a, a, an intricate, integral part of my development, my growth. And so that's how I came, came about with the clothing line, Prototype 81, um, because I honestly feel that I was formed, I was made uh, in a way uh, that that created something bigger that the world got to see for 15 years uh, after being drafted in 96 with the, with the 49ers. And so, and then on top of that, I thought about the word prototype, like how can I come up with something creative for a name? And when I was being evaluated, and you know, you gave me an opportunity my senior year when scouts were coming in and evaluating and we had to work out, you gave me the opportunity to take a time away from basketball practice to go work out for some of these scouts. Um, and that's where honestly, I, I, I honestly had to, you know, do shuttle drills. I had to run a 40. Uh, I did, you know, ran up there. I had to run a 40, uh, at Chamberlain field. And I remember one of the days it was, it was rainy outside. We didn't have practice. I think we had practice at McClellan. And so they had to time me in the roundhouse and they had, we had taken the floor up. I think they had been in the fence. <laughs> so I literally, I had to run the 40 diagonally, um, uh, of the court, really from drape to drape, <laughs> to run the forty, and I ran my forty, and that was one of the fastest times that I ran uh, my forty. I was timed at a four, I think it was like a four four seven, and one of the I think the uh, the scouts that were there, I, I think I mentioned in one of my books that I had written, um, but I ran so fast and I couldn't stop. Obviously, you know, it was a short uh, short space in there. And I ran and I hit the doors and there was a change on the on the uh, on the doors coming into the roundhouse 
I literally ran and I couldn't stop and I went through the door and I broke the chain on the door. <laughs> so uh, that's 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 one of the more memorable stories. But my my what I was getting to is about the word prototype. You can't spell the word prototype without T.O. And obviously, I wasn't T.O. when I was in high school. I wasn't T.O. when I was at Chattanooga. I wasn't T.O. until I got to, to the pro level. Yep. Uh, rest his soul, rest in peace, John Madden. He was the one that nicknamed me and started calling me T.O. Uh, on the telecast. And so that's how I got the name T.O. Because I was, I wasn't, that wasn't my nickname growing up. No. I had, I had meal money and skillet. <laughs> Those were my those were those were my nicknames in the colleges that I that I remember. But uh, yeah, that's how I came up with the name, uh, my clothing line name, Prototype Eighty One. And uh, yeah, so obviously, like I said, with my clothing clothing line, um, those three D's that I mentioned earlier, I alluded to on how I became great is desire, dedication, di- and discipline. Um, that's how I be, that's how I got involved, you know, with and just just basically infusing that same passion and those same three D's into into my business. And so prototype eighty one dot com is the clothing line and like I said, I, I again I wouldn't be honestly where I am today without without you, Coach Mac. Uh, your coaching staff, you guys push me. Uh, there's a lot of people behind uh, behind the success of a lot of individuals uh, that go unheard of, that go unknown. Uh, but that's why when I did my obviously uh, fortunate for me, I had the opportunity to to have my Hall of Fame ceremony there at college, and I felt compelled to obviously have you because you obviously. You may think I meant a lot to you, but you obviously meant a lot to me, uh, which is why I had you as one of the one of the coaches that that spoke on my behalf and uh, presented me there uh, in Chattanooga at my Hall of Fame ceremony. I did not know that about John Madden. I did not know where that that's where that came from. Yep, because like I said, nobody called me T.O. on campus. No, no, no. I remember that. We you were always Terrell. Yep, everybody always named me uh, was called was calling me Terrell, and like I said, the only nicknames that I remember from from, from <laughs> I remember was Brandon Bourne called me Skillet. I don't know why he called me Skillet. <laughs> uh, and uh, Mill Money was uh, Mill Money. I think it stuck with me for a while because yeah. everybody was fascinated at at how surprised I was uh, when we got the every when we got on when we went on a, a, away trips road trips. I was probably the most excited. <laughs> we, we got we got meal money. You don't get that in football. You just you got it in basketball, and and you got a big check for Thanksgiving week by staying there. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had ever had or ever seen uh, at that time uh, in my life. Well, you can't spell prototype without a T O. That's right. I love it. I love it. Terrell, thank you, buddy. All right, thank you, Coach. I'll, I'll be bugging you. I appreciate you being on the Pirate Radio Podcast, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. All right. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.